Let's look ahead to Friday. There are eight games on in the NBA. Let's look at the injury updates. Let's look at streaming options. Let's just talk about the things that we need to pay attention to. And let's listen to Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here. And it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and the reason that uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 is delayed is that I haven't signed off on them using my likeness. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always, at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at lockedonfantasybasketball. Don't worry, I'll sign it off soon. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. What do you reckon you should do? I know you've done it. You've thumbed it up. What a great idea. Notification bell? Ding, ding, ding. Hit the subscribe and go and pre-thumb and pre-like and pre-bang the Trade Deadline Show. Thursday, February 8th, live on YouTube, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be a double banger as well. Always do the audio and the video. And you can always chime in on the premieres and leave your comments here on the video side of things as well. We're talking about Friday. There are 10 games on. For us to talk about a lot of very, very intriguing things across the NBA, let's have a look at where we are with injuries at the moment. That's always a depressing but also important place to start. We've got Gordon Haywood, who is going to be out for the Hornets. Tari next season remains out for the Rockets. I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be out. Bol Bol is going to be out. Yucca Pirtle is out. Emmanuel Quickly is out in Toronto. So big, big gaps there uh, opening up in Toronto. Uh, Derek Rose is out. Gary Harris is out for the Magic. Darius Garland and Evan Mobley are both out. But a very, very intriguing update from Chris Fedor today. I was just sidebar into this. He was like insinuating that Evan Mobley is going to be back before Darius Garland. Interesting. A four-week injury versus a six to eight week knee surgery. And the six to eight week knee surgery is going to be back before the four week jaw issue. What? My general rule always, you know what it is. Find the knee surgery timeline and go the back end plus a bit more. The fact that Mobley could be back next week, apparently he's doing work already, which again, is pretty crazy. It makes no sense to me, A, why you would rush Evan Mobley back from a knee surgery, which again is ridiculous to do, but we know NBA teams have some some issues with uh, how they manage injuries. Look, this is from the Mobley thing. He's been out since the 6th of December, but he didn't have that surgery until, well, it wasn't announced until the 16th of December. So eight weeks from that is like the middle of February, the start of February. So he's going to come back earlier than that. While Garland hurt himself on the 14th of December, he's already passed that four-week timeline. That would be wild to me that that would be what happens. I still don't really believe it, but Mobley's doing a ton of work on the court. So we've brought his return date in. I was thinking All-Star break. Uh, It's going to be before All-Star break. He might be back before the trade deadline, which again is insane. But it's gone so well when players return um, earlier than their reevaluation and initial timeframes this season. It's been immaculate. It's been fantastic. And as I say that, I know Tyrese Halliburton is one of them. But there's another one, and I just can't think what it is. What's the other one? The guy who re- returned too early, like way way earlier than his initial um, evaluation timeframe. I, c- I can't. I cannot think. But 
I'm sure it exists or it doesn't, and I'm just too delusional. That's possible as well. Um, Jabari Smith missed the last game, last couple of games. He's actually off the injury report, so that's good news for him. Bad news if you were considering Cam Whitmore or if you'd lost your mind, you are considering Jeff Green. Uh, that's not going to be a thing that's happening. Um, Jay Sean Tate is on the injury report as questionable. Sticks, Jalen Smith, he is questionable for Thursday's game. The Pacers are the only team playing the Thursday, Friday back-to-back, so we don't know whether Smith is going to play. If he is out, Toppin and Jackson get the boost. Eric Gordon missed the last one. For the Suns, so I'm going to list him questionable. And for the Hawks, we don't have that official... Or do we have the official update? I think we might have just got the official update on the Hawks. Um, because we really haven't seen... We haven't ever seen um, Hunter play for a long time. We haven't have, even had an update on DeAndre Hunter for a long time. Well, we've got some of an update here for the Hawks. So not a full update, which is awesome. Trey Young is officially questionable. Clinker Pala is on the injury report as questionable. Hmm... Um, Bruno Fernando is questionable, but we don't have an update on DeAndre Hunter. That's, that's interesting. In fact, I'm going to pause this recording. You won't see the pause. I'm just going to go and investigate that. All right. So I went and looked and the official NBA injury report hasn't been submitted for the Hawks, but the Hawks did tweet it out that Hunter is out. So we know that. So there's been really no update on him. So I'm just going to assume that DeAndre is going to be out for like another three, four games. Who knows? There's been no update on that at all. Sadiq Bey is a streamer and not a must-roster player. Um, yes, it's Trey Young, officially questionable. So is Wes Matthews, Bruno Fernando, Clint Capella. Kyrie Irving missed the last game with an injury that wasn't going to keep him out any time, so that's great. Don't know whether he misses this one. Dwight Powell was also a late scratch in the last game too. I had Paul George listed as questionable because they limited his minutes to manage an injury from December at the end of the last game, um, which was, again, insane and full of lies. But he's not on the injury report. So I I don't know. I don't know what any of that means, but there's there's a number of things that I don't trust. Players talking about their own injuries, they lie all the time. But specifically, the Clippers and Paul George and Ty Lue lie consistently about his injuries. Always. There's always a lie there. So I, I don't know what to make of this. He is officially not on the injury report. So that's, a, that's great news. So why was he managed to play 10 minutes fewer than the other players last game and getting subbed out in closing time for this I- injury that's not a real injury? I don't know, man. It's a bit fishy. It's a bit fishy. He's getting traded, Josh. Santi Aldama is... We'll miss the last game with knee soreness. I, this team is just in flux every moment we look at him, the Grizzlies. Same as Luke Kennard, who has been a good 12-team league guy. I would much prefer Kennard over Aldama. Um... Santi can be a fringe 12-team league guy. I don't really buy it with him. He can't shoot free throws. He's a three-point shooter who doesn't hit them very well. He's not a shot blocker, even though that has improved this season. He really hasn't got any big minutes in any game, and now he's got a knee issue. You can stream him if he plays, but I am just not that interested. I just don't think he's a good permanent producer. But he's questionable. And if he is out, it just means more for the other random blokes. Same as if Canard is out, you know, Scott Pippins and Gilliards and, um, unfortunately, David Roddy, those sort of players. Trey Jones is questionable. Last game, we saw Wesley and Branham take those minutes. They both played well, and the odds of them both playing on the next game have to be extraordinarily low, but you could stream them in deeper formats. And then the good news is, is Michael Fultz and John Isaac sat the last game. It was a back-to-back. There was no risk that they were going to miss this one, but they are officially in. For the Orlando Magic's lack of updates on long-term injuries, and they're horrific at that, they are awesome at short-term updates. They give you those updates earlier than any team in the NBA. They're accurate earlier than any team in the NBA. They give you starting lineups earlier than any team in the NBA. The other one who's good at that is Portland. 
But in terms of long-term updates on injuries, they suck. They're close to Charlotte level. Not quite, but they're close. But I give them props for what they do in short-term um, injury updates. They're good at that. There's a lot of teams with a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. Saturday has 10 games, Friday 8. So we're looking at 11 different teams. The Hornets, not 11, 7, sorry. Jesus Christ. Hornets, Mavs, Rockets, Clippers, Bucks, Pelicans, Spurs. So what are we looking for there? Doncic maybe a back-to-back rest risk. Kawhi, probably not. Paul George, definitely with the Clippers. Watch that one. Giannis, Middleton. I think Middleton's the big risk there. Pelicans, Zion and Trey. Last time they rested everybody. Well, the big four anyway. So um, shout out to big four um, caravan parks, by the way. The Pelicans. Yeah, I I would think that Trey and Zion sit one of those two games. And the Spurs, there is a chance that Wembenyama plays the back-to-back. There's a chance he doesn't, but there's a chance that he does. So... Just watch that, whether you're valuing um, uh, Zach Collins in that spot. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with me and this podcast and the network to provide you with fantasy picks all season long, whether it is you're looking to scour the waiver wire or set up daily lineups or whatever it is. We're hopefully going to be here to get you a player that's a guaranteed fit on your roster. There are some really interesting players across the NBA at the moment. And let's talk Memphis because they're going to have a gold mine worth of value. Let's talk about two guys quickly, Luke Kennard and Scottie Pippen. Luke Kennard is a must-roster player if he's healthy. But if he is out, we saw last game, Scott Pippen outplayed Jacob Gilliard. He was able to get uh, 25 minutes. Now, he's not going to be, like he had 15, 6, and 6. He's not going to be that player. But he does have an interesting statistical profile. He can get assists. He can get steals. The shooting can be iffy, but I think he's a better player than Gilliard. And I think he'll get some interesting minutes there. So he's just a name to watch. Canard's the one we prioritize in Memphis in that scenario, but Pippen might just be someone who has some value for us. So is Scotty Pippen going to win you a fantasy championship? Well, every little bit helps, and every little piece that you need has to be a perfect fit on your team, and that is the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts, if you're number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Okay, so that'll take us straight into the streams of the day. And I'll be honest with you right here, I am not super confident with these. So just take this with a level of grain of salt because I went into it and normally I look at this and I put the num- names up and there's there's work that goes into it behind the scenes. But a lot of the time I, I sort of trust the numbers. And then I looked at it and the 10 team stream of the day is TJ McConnell. I went, Jesus Christ. How do I trust what TJ McConnell is going to do? And his projections are like 10.7 assists. I go, really? Yeah, and I looked at his minutes and I pushed him down to 21 minutes. Okay, 10 and 7. Like, all right. And, you know, 50% shooting and one steal or whatever. Like, okay, that's that's good. But, like, I feel like he's been disappointing. And then I went back and looked at his games. And he had 17 and 7 in 22 minutes last game. And then there was an 8 assist game in 21 minutes. And there was a 13 assist game in 23 minutes. Like, all right, makes sense. I still don't feel comfortable with it, though. Because I just don't know what Carlisle's going to do with minutes even though this guy consistently outplays Andrew Nempart. If he played 30 minutes, he'd be a top 30 guy. So it is always worth taking that crack while Halliburton's out. Your, ten, your 12 team is Big Dick Nick Richards. Um, I talked about this with Adam Stock earlier today on the Mailbag Show, is I've been banging on and banging on and banging on about Nick Richards for literally months. 
And then yesterday, I got like five people. Hey, should we go and add Nick Richards? Because he scored 20 points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should add him. He's a good streamer for the day. And you just keep writing him out. Your 14-team category streamer. Do I have the vocal strength to do it? Yeah, yeah. John Concha is your 14-team streamer. Your 16-team is Cody Martin, who's probably going to start, given Rogier is traded and uh, Gordon Hayward's out. And your points league ones are McConnell. Again, how confident am I? Not at all. Not at all. But these are guys under 50% rostered, 57% rostered. No, and that's not actually true. The points ones, I use 39% as a cutoff. And TJ comes out as the best. We'll see. On my radar, Houston Charlotte is the first game. Jollibee, Jalen Green. He scored really well last game, but we know the problems. Can you do it consistently? And can you do anything else that isn't scoring? I actually don't know where he goes in his career or what the Rockets do with him from here on out. To me, he's a good points league guy. He's an iffy category league player. Will my opinion change? I think more I'm watching here for Green is, what are the minutes? Like, does a men cut in? Does a men play 22 and Green play 26? That's what I'm watching. I don't think it'll happen, but that's what I'm watching. For the Hornets, Brandon Miller. Big hot streak. Played like 39 minutes. Steve Clifford is giving massive minutes to his starters. His usage was really high, then it tailed off at the end of the game. And his efficiency is something to watch because he wasn't efficient in college. And he had a nice little stretch of efficiency here, but let's see how it holds. His usage is going to be up. We know this. He is a guy to roster, no, no problem. But where that value lies and the efficiency lies is, is a real key. In terms of streams, Dylan Brooks is the guy there on Houston, even though it's a wild ride. It's less wild than Lou Dort, but it is wild. And Nick Richards is the Charlotte guy because, again, he's just the obvious guy that we roster outside of Brandon Miller, who's been scooped in most spots. Phoenix, Indiana. Bit of a rough run of things from Yusuf Nurkic. I'm not panicking with that at all. It's just not ideal. His minutes are down. He's having some foul trouble. He's having poorer performances. But it's not because the guys behind him are playing well. Because sometimes it's Eubank. Sometimes it's Metu. It's been bowl in the past. It's been Azabu UK. Their back-end rotation is horrific. And that's why I feel pretty comfortable with Nurkic getting back to some of his best. It is a back-to-back for the Pacers. We've got to check the status of Eric Gordon, but he would be the stream in Phoenix. And if he isn't ready to go, I wouldn't feel comfortable streaming really anybody in because it's really just a flip of the flip of the coin, roll of the dice. You know, how, you know how it works. And then for the Pacers, of course, it's McConnell, but there's Heald if he's available. Jalen Smith if he's available. Andrew Nembhard, Aaron Neesmith. I'd be topping in deeper leagues. They are absolutely jam-packed with streamers that I feel no confidence in whatsoever. Dallas and Atlanta, the Luka Doncic, Trey Young Bowl. Um, I don't even know if Trey's going to play. I want to watch Derek Lively because I'm a little frustrated with old mate Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is not, he's not pumping the minutes into Lively at the moment, which is frustrating. He's giving the minutes to Muxy Kleber. And the difference between 28 or 29 of Lively and 25 is must roster versus fringe. So is he going to hold him at 25? Because that's not ideal. And that would turn him into a fringe, not must roster guy. So we need to watch it. For the Hawks, Nekrokongwu not only has been outplaying Capella in terms of minutes, but he's been crossing over with Capella. And now Capella is questionable. It's been a bad, bad season for a Kongwu on a permanent perspective compared to anything he's done in the past. And we hoped that he would get 23 minutes a night and still be productive. And he has got 23 minutes a night, every night, which is way more than he's done in the past. Yet all of his numbers haven't been good. So 
look, we're that close to the trade deadline. There's an injured tag on, well, not an injured tag, a questionable tag on Capella. So we just got to hold a Congo and see if we can get some of that permanent production back, hopefully. In terms of streams, Derek Jones is the Dallas guy ahead of a Dante Exum. Behind Tim Hardaway, but he's already rostered. And then on Atlanta, like nobody. But if Trey is out, Patty Mills um, and Gary Matthews would be the guys that we take a squeeze at over there. The Clippers and the, the Raptors. The Russell Westbrook experience is obviously not one I want to be a part of in category leagues. His minutes are just all over the shop. It's like 16, 30, 16. And then he has a 16-minute game or 18-minute game, whatever it was, where he performed really well. I don't buy any of that. But it's more about watching how the Westbrook minutes go with Plumlee, go with Tice. Because my initial reaction to the Zubats injury was, I think Westbrook's the big winner here. And then, of course, he did nothing in that first game. And he did something in the second game. And then he did something in the third game. So... He might be actually usable and streamable, but watching how they distribute that and use his minutes is key. But I think it will be strong because the Raptors are small. No Pirtle, and it's going to be Thad and Porter. So they can afford to play Westbrook at center, or yeah, if it's Paul George, however you want to view it. it doesn't ha- they don't have to have Plumlee out there or Tice out there. So I think this might be a bigger Westbrook game. For the Raptors, it's watching what they do with Bruce Brown, because his first game was really encouraging, and then they've just said, nah. No, we're not going to play you big minutes. I don't think he's on this team long-term. Honestly, if I woke up tomorrow morning and Bruce Brown played for another team, I wouldn't be shocked either. So we're watching what his minutes are like. I still think he's a hold for the deadline, but in a desperation situation where there's someone else out there that you like, I don't think you lose a huge amount by moving on. In terms of streams, it is probably Mason Plumley, although the Cockroach's minutes are obviously well down. And then for the Raptors, we go to Gaz Trent. Um, Brown would be a streamer. And then if you're looking deep, you go to the Prestige Penis himself. Grade A Dick. The Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. And the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, as I lose my voice. We haven't seen the Magic play for a while. Wendell Carter's been playing well. He started. He played like a ton of minutes last game. And it was it two games ago. It was one of those games. And he's been playing really well. He should be rostered at this point. And we just continue to see what happens with him, with Goga, with Wagner. Is Goga still out of the rotation? Because he played eight minutes last game, all garbage time, and zero the game before. On the Grizzlies, I've put Scotty Pippen Jr.'s name there. You know we've spoken about him on this show a few times. I would be intrigued to see what Pippen's role is if Kennard is healthy. Does he take the 14 or 15 minutes away from Gilead as the backup? Or do they go back to Gilead and limit Pippen? What happens if Kennard is out? Does Gilead start and Pippen get the big minutes off the bench? Maybe. I wouldn't say that Scotty is a must-roster player. Also, ESPN has added him now. Um, But we obviously want to see how they use him because it could very quickly escalate into a Vince Williams scenario. Very quickly. Cole Anthony is the good stream there, I think, on the Orlando side, but he's not a must-roster. He's a stream. And then Johnny Concha, yeah, just didn't have the balls to do the big one there. Um, Okay. Johnny is putting up good numbers, 26 to 28 minutes. He blocks some shots. He gets some rebounds. He gets some assists. He's Nick Batum, but supercharged at the moment. And I think he's worth worth grabbing or worth using in 12s at the moment as a stream guy anyway. Cleveland and Milwaukee is the next game that we're taking a look at. Jared Allen, the sell high window. Talked about him ad nauseum about being a sell high and saying you're going to have to take a short-term hit. I think with this update on Mobley, you can't do it anymore. You you can't sell high. You can try. And if I got a top 30 player back, I, I would absolutely do it. But I reckon you might be cooked. See, he's not going to be bad. But he also was bad when Mobley was healthy to begin the season. So let's watch how Allen looks. And then for the Bucks, is Glenn Rivers going to be coaching? And what does that mean for the rotation off the bench? 
because we saw Joe Prunty say, Andre Jackson, you're not playing, which was a weird move considering what had been happening before. So what happens to Leaky Beasley? Is he a 25-minute guy? Is he a 33-minute guy? How does Rivers treat him? How does Prunty treat him? Who fills in? It's key. Slamming Sammy Merrill um, has been awesome. I don't really know how he gets 27 minutes when Garland and Mobley return. In fact, I think it's probably impossible unless they cut Okoro out of the rotation and put Karis Levert as a 15-minute player. That seems impossible, but he's playing well. On the Bucks, the stream is probably Jay Crowder, although that is obviously just very, very deep league stuff. Today's episode is also brought to you by Grammarly. Grammarly has been around for ages, for over 10 years. It has been powered by AI for a long time that you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. And it does even more now. It can help you brainstorm ideas. It can help you reply with suggestions based on your context and your goals. And it improves productivity. So it used to be just like, not even just, but like a spell check, grammar check, make your articles and emails more readable. But now it can actually help in idea generation as well. I love Grammarly. I use it all the time. Um, for me, as someone who, who does writing, not as much writing as I used to, but I still do a lot of writing, having Grammarly there to pick up and go, Josh, this doesn't make sense. What are you doing? Or for me to go, hey, I'm going to make sure that the right dictionary is being used here. And this is the actual Australian spelling of the world. So get it get it sorted, Grammarly. And it does all that. It's really to do it, in, easy to do. It integrates into so many different things. Like you use Google Docs, it integrates into there. Microsoft Word integrates into there. It's got a standalone app, integrates into there. Your browser, it integrates into there. It's so easy to use. It polishes your writing. It gives you ideas. You can't ask for anything more. So if you want to be more productive at work, go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That is G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Okay. Next game, what's on my radar? It is the Thunder and the Pelicans. Josh Giddy is struggling a little bit at the moment. Um, minutes are down, production's down. I do think he is a hold. I do think he is a 12-team league guy, barely. But if you're minute 10, I'm not sure that he is. But let's see if he's able to change that minute allocation. I don't think he will. For the Pelicans, it's about watching Trey Murphy here because obviously things are not going very well for him at the moment and I don't believe that he's a must-roster player. But how the Jones-Murphy... Um, Hawkins minutes get distributed is something to watch. We saw uh, Herb go off last game, but does Trey even play? It is the first of a back-to-back, so he might not even play. It's uh, turning into a situation where he's just he's just not a rosterable guy. In terms of streams, Isaiah Joe is the guy we look to on the Thunder. Maybe it's Lou Dort, but Joe's there too. And then Larry Nance, who started the second half of the last game for the Pelicans. He's 100% a 14-team league guy and probably worth a 12-team grab until things go sideways, which they nearly always do with Larry Nance. The Portland Trailblazers and the San Antonio Spurs. DeAndre Ayton responded to his haters. The Snowman put together a really big performance and was awesome in the last time we saw them. Can he back that up and do it two games in a row? Maybe. He's very, very clearly a must-roster player, and I know the frustrations are there with him, but he very clearly is a must-roster player, and let's just hope we get a little bit more out of him. On the Spurs side of things, I want to see the horse, Keldon Johnson, because they are just sort of saying, nah, nah. Play like 19 minutes, 20 minutes the last two games. You know my thoughts on Keldon as a player. I think if this team was good, that 20 minutes is actually what his role should be. But it's just wild to me that they're actually doing it. They're actually saying, no, you're not actually a key part of our core moving forward. To me, that's a very clear drop. But let's see. If we get three in a row like that, 
Um, yeah, I, I'd cement that in. The writing was on the wall for this in the preseason. Talked about it a lot where he was directly asked a question about coming off the bench. Now, he didn't to begin the season, but he did pretty soon after that. And moving to the bench, cutting in minutes, cutting in usage, further cut in minutes, it's all a bad sign. In terms of streams, Jabari Walker, I just like having him on my roster at this point anyway. And Bubbles, Julian Champagne, he's been starting. They're not giving him enough minutes to matter for most leagues, but he's available in like everywhere, like 96% of leagues. And he's got value in more leagues than that. If you look at two-for-ones, Friday, Saturday, if you have the ability to stream on Saturday, these are some guys that I like. Nick Richards, Larry Nance, Derek Jones, Mason Plumley, maybe. Dylan Brooks and Jordan Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins especially because I expect that Murphy and Zion sit at least one of those games. And that should put Hawk into a pretty sizable role in at least one of the two games. In terms of chunks, Friday through Tuesday, we've got two probable unstreamable days, and that's Saturday with 10 and Monday with 12 games. So the Pacers have a really strong schedule. So do the Raptors. They go Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. So Neesmith, McConnell, but basically any of your sort of rotation or starter level Pacers players are going to be there. And then same for your, your Raptors. I wouldn't feel great with a Jonte Porter or a Thad Young because they might play one game and then Pirtle returns. But a Gary Trent, a Bruce Brown, even in a deeper league, you want to search for Dick and maybe try him out. The two-game guys, Jabari Walker with a Friday, Sunday is a pretty good option. And then the Bulls with a Sunday, Tuesday. Obviously, you'd prefer to get someone in on the Friday, but Patrick Williams and Ayodesumu have the Sunday, Tuesday um, pseudo back-to-back there surrounding a 12-game Monday. Five games in eight nights, 11 teams have five games in eight nights starting Friday. That's pretty busy. Hornets, Rockets, Pacers, Clippers. Watch the load on the, on the Clippers, guys. Watch where there's the return of Halliburton and how much he plays. Grizzlies, everyone's hurt. Jaron, Santi, Tillman, Kennard. Do they play all those games? Probably not. Pelicans, Zion and Trey, big rest opportunities coming up. Thunder, Magic, just they haven't done it yet, but they could do it, the Thunder. Um, Fultz, um, probably going to miss some time here. Suns and Blazers should be all right for most of those guys. And then the Spurs, of course, another high-level load period for Victor Weminyama, even though he does appear to be off his restriction, doesn't mean that he won't sit a game in that five ga- uh, eight-day period. For Friday, 10-game streamers, we are looking at McConnell. If Kennard is available, we're going to him. Uh, Nick Richards, uh, Jabari Walker, Marco Fultz, and Lil John Conchar. For your 12 teams, uh, we go through to Aaron Neesmith. Larry Nance Jr., Derek Jones, Dylan Brooks, Santiel Dharma, if he's available, and Mason Plumley with a very low level of confidence in him. For deeper leagues, we're going to Thad Young, Andrew Nembhard, who you could probably even look at in 12 as a starter with Tyrese out, Cam Whitmore, maybe, Cody Martin as a starter, Julian Champagne as a starter, and Jonte Porter as a starter, but all available in a lot of spots. Not that they're great, but a starter's got a little bit of upside there, and they are all available in over 83% of leagues. Lastly, we look at points leagues. I'm going to go to TJ McConnell, followed by Jabari Walker, Nick Richards, if available, Luke Kennard, if available, Santi Aldama, and John Concha. Of course, if Kennard and Aldama are out, other values pop up like GG Jackson and Scotty Pippen in that scenario. And that does it for my look ahead for Friday in the NBA. Don't forget to come across here and pre-bang and pre-like the trade deadline show. Double bang the audio and the video as well. Thumb it up, comment, subscribe, notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.